Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Welcome back to the Gains for Girls podcast. Um, I'm not at home this week, clearly. Uh, I am on the road finishing up the college campus tour that I have been on, um, traveling to different colleges, um, speaking to the next generation, uh, people who are in these indoctrination camps. Um, which is really important to me. That's been a big push of mine because I think it's important that my generation understands what's at stake. They understand the severity of these issues and and ultimately the war on women that we're seeing. Uh, And again, a lot broader than just women's sports. Um, So I am at Texas A&M, Princeton, and Radford University in Virginia this week. Um, So lots of really good things there. But this week is special because... It is Transgender Awareness Week. Leading up to Transgender Day of Remembrance, of course, uh, no one forgot. What are we remembering? Of course, we are all well aware that the transgender community is here because we are catering every single policy, guideline, really restructuring society for for this community. So no one forgot. Um, I counted. There's about 31 transgender holidays, including the entire month of June celebrating Pride, the entire month of October being LGBT History Month, and the entire month of November being Trans Awareness Month. Um, Some of these holidays include, you know, Aromantic Spectrum Awareness Week. Uh, We have Agender Pride Day, Lesbian Visibility Day, International Pronoun Day. The list goes on of what these holidays look like. Um, So I wanted to take the time this episode to talk about some of the transgender stories, issues pertaining to the gender ideology movement that have been relevant just this week alone um, to, again, highlight how prevalent these issues are and highlight how they're uh, predominantly affecting and harming women. Uh, Let's start with April Hutchinson. She has been on the podcast before. Some of you might remember her. Uh, She came on a few months back to talk about her struggle with her federation in powerlifting, the Canadian Powerlifting Union, who has allowed men to compete in the women's category, which if there's one sport where it matters, uh, you would imagine that would be powerlifting. Um, April, she's a Canadian national team member. Um, of course, she's she's one of the best females in Canada. Uh, but the CPU has now banned her from competing for two years, two full years. And her crime, you might be asking? Oh, well, that's calling a, a male powerlifting opponent competing on the women's team um, a biological man. Uh, when she went on the Piers Morgan show while advocating for fair sports for women and girls. Um, The policy, uh, actually the letter she received from her union, it's in plain words said to her, upon discussing the current case, the panel had determined that there was sufficient evidence to support sanctions as a result of multiple violations of both the code of conduct and the social media policy. It has been determined that there is sufficient evidence for major infraction as a result of repeating offenses, including prior warning. Um, April had sent private letters to the Federation um, speaking to 
uh, how allowing men into her category affected her and others, um, not just physically and losing out on, on tangible objects like trophies, but mentally this affected April. Again, which she came on and talked about um, after receiving this letter uh, where she was alerted that she was banned for two full years from her federation. Uh, she took to Twitter, and I, I think this is just brilliant what she said, because she says, Apparently, I have failed in my gender role duties as supporting actress in the horror show that is my sport right now. Um, it's not just the CPU, the Canadian Powerlifting Union, who thinks women are supporting actresses. Uh, that's what the IOC thinks, the International Olympic Committee. That's what the NCAA thinks. That's what the Biden administration thinks. We are supporting actresses. And I think how she worded that um, it, it perfectly put in, into words. Um, speaking of the Biden administration, uh, Biden, he met with student athletes this week about the challenges that college athletes face. Um, he took to Twitter and he tweeted, I met with advocates who shared the importance of health and safety for student athletes, not just for the biggest names, but for everyone. That's what President Biden tweeted. Uh, okay, I'll challenge that. What about Peyton McNabb, uh, the volleyball player from North Carolina who was uh, received a spike to the face by a male opponent on the women's team they were playing, to which she's still partially paralyzed on her right side. Uh, she still has vision impairment. Uh, now she's not playing college sports like she thought she was going to. Or what about the field hockey player in Massachusetts just a week or so ago uh, who had her teeth knocked out by a male player? Um, she had to undergo surgery uh, to reconstruct her jaw. Uh, what about the, the safety of those athletes, President Biden? Um, or do those, those ones not matter? Uh, no, those athletes, you know, the female athletes, uh, their safety is irrelevant. What matters to Biden and the Biden administration, clearly, as they're rewriting Title IX, is the safety, the health, the fairness, the feelings, the identity of a male, even if it means. Uh, that females, female athletes, become collateral damage in the process. Um, another sporting story here, uh, which is, this one's actually good news to a degree. There was a pool tournament, uh, Billards, this week. Uh, it was the Women's Champions of Champions final in Wales, actually. Um, the, final, the final game uh, in an all-women's tournament, and Lynn Pinch's was matched with a male. Uh, Chris now goes by Harriet Haynes. Uh, but I think what she did is phenomenal. And I know a lot of people will agree. Uh, Lynn, upon uh, making it to the final, the final game, she stepped down. She said, I'm not competing when she found out she would be competing against a man. And in an interview, she said, when I heard the announcement last week, I spent most of my days in tears especially because it came after the announcement eight weeks earlier that I was finally going to be a Fairfield. Uh, she continues on to say, you know, I'm worried now about the future for the game of women. If next year we had eight trans players, they would probably be in the top eight. Uh, she even went as far to say that she's played 30 years and she's never so much conceded a frame, never mind a match. Uh, this was only her fourth final ever uh, but she said the trophy and the money meant nothing to her without fairness. Um, and that's what she said to the tournament director afterwards, which that is so admirable, right? To only make it to that that stage. It was her fourth final ever. But to say none of it mattered um, if it wasn't done in fairness, that's what we need more of. And so upon walking out, she received a 
ovation, applause. Um, people, you know, they were they were clapping, cheering because I think they were probably they were using those actions because they probably couldn't use their words um, to express how they how they really felt. Um, so so that was absolutely incredible. Um, that's what we need more of. We will follow along and see if um, the pool association, I don't know what the, the governing body is called, but if they change the rules like jujitsu did um, after they had a couple female athletes boycott. So, so good news there. And I could not be more impressed and inspired by Lynn pinches. Um, another sporting story where it's not as uh, hopeful or, or gleeful um, motorsport has now created a new transgender guidelines policy. Uh, their policy says they allow for self-identification of an individual's gender. Uh, and what this means, compete where you want, compete where you feel happy. If you're a man wanting to compete with the women, do it. If you're a woman identifying as a man, yet still wanting to compete with the women, by all means, um, inclusion is just a polite word for discrimination. Um, of course, this governing body who created these guidelines, they released no clear statement on how this impacts um, female sex-based category or any consideration to physical or science or biological aspects of the sport, uh, which I think it's important to mention. There are already few female opportunities in motorsport, uh, and now those opportunities are being diminished. Uh, I There's been a lot of people going to comment, okay, well, you know, there's no fairness aspect in motorsport. You know, it doesn't matter the physical differences. The premise of this argument and why this matters, female opportunities are for females and male opportunities are for males. Um, of course, too, upon calling this governing body out on Twitter for their new policy, uh, they quickly turned off their replies or, or had the hidden reply feature, removing the ones that were even remotely questioning the ruling, um, which, again, I, I think is incredibly telling. Um, another story this week. Uh, the There's a new endometriosis charity that has uh, elected a new CEO. And in the most stratospheric gaslighting of ways, the endometriosis charity appointed a man who identifies as a woman and campaigned against women's rights um, as their new CEO. Uh, his name is Steph Pompey. Um, so you might be thinking, you know, what is endometriosis? And if you're a man, that's a very understandable question to be thinking because uh, it's not something you've ever been diagnosed with before um, because it's a condition that affects the womb and the uterus. Uh, something that men don't have, something that Steph, the new CEO of this charity, doesn't have. Um, it's long-term uh, and often agonizing condition where tissue similar to the lining of the womb grows in other places, such as the ovaries or fallopian tubes. Uh, and like I said, it can cause severe pain and infertility even. Um, but this this charity now, not only have they elected as a male as their CEO, um, They've now dropped all female language. Uh, if you go to their website, it lists who the charity helps, which I was curious, you know, what does this look like? Because there are men, OBGYNs, there are men who who um, work on women, you know, in some capacity uh, that on issues that only affect women. That's not the problem here. Um, like I said, it was the gaslighting way of which they did this. So I went to their website to look what other, you know, is there anything else sketchy about this? 
Uh, it says who the charity helps. They don't list women. Uh, they say children and young people, people with disabilities, other defined groups, and the general public slash mankind. Uh, so nowhere on <laughs> their website do they even use female language when talking about an issue that quite literally only affects females. Um, Jeanette Towie, who is 66, um, she's someone who has suffered with endometriosis since she was 15, and she's had five miscarriages due to it. Um, she said she was sickened by the appointment. And truthfully, I think that's how a lot of women who saw this felt. Um, the last issue here to talk about uh, is the sorority case. Um, a lot of you might remember uh, there's a lawsuit at University of Wyoming uh, that ensued after Artemis Langford, a man, uh, joined the KKG sorority, Kappa Kappa Gamma. Um, after filing the lawsuit, I believe there were six witnesses, six plaintiffs, these girls who were part of the sorority uh, signed on to this lawsuit. Um, ultimately, a month or so back, the judge came back and said that he didn't want to be the one to decide what a woman is, uh, kind of like our sitting Supreme Court justice, um, who, which hilariously enough, when Marsha Blackburn, Senator Blackburn asked her, you know, uh, well, what is a woman, essentially, she couldn't answer because she said she's not a biologist. Uh, well, guess what, Katanji Brown-Jackson? I'm not a veterinarian, but I know what a dog is. Uh, that's the silliest thing I've ever heard for, for someone to not be able to answer that question. But anyways, that's what the judge in regard to this lawsuit said. Um, so these girls, they decided they were going to re-strategize and, and continue litigation in a different capacity, which is what they're doing. Um, two longtime sorority alumni, uh, women who have donated to the sorority, to Kappa Kappa Gamma, um, for many years were part of the sorority themselves. They have now been removed expelled from the organization after advocating that membership be restricted to biological women only. Um, they were expelled on the grounds of supporting and fundraising for the lawsuit. This is quite literally retaliation against women, uh, and it's supposed to be an organization meant for women. Uh, if a sorority won't even defend women's spaces and women's rights, then who will? <laughs> like, I, that... that is mind boggling to me, kind of like now, uh, the National Organization of Women uh, who have totally abandoned women. Uh, notice there's a common theme here. I would say it's a sad day uh, when women are expelled from again, a women's organization simply because they express their displeasure for having uh, a male um, allowed membership, allowed to live in their house, allowed to shower in the same room with these girls. Tyranny has come of age is what this is. Um, people are no longer allowed to speak their minds, um, to think for themselves, to, to, they have to apologize for feeling how they feel. And they're ostracized if they should even stand behind common sense. Um, but kudos to those girls, the plaintiffs, the witnesses, the alumni fighting to preserve sisterhood, um, their sorority, which <laughs> sisterhood, I say that. These girls were promised sisterhood, uh, and unfortunately, they got the brother that they never wanted. Um, I think it would be a good idea to kind of do these these weekly episodes, maybe a couple months, once, twice a month or so, um, highlighting different issues going on. Because again, 
Uh, a lot of people don't know that these things are happening. Uh, and I believe it's due time that the public, uh, both men and women, uh, coaches, female athletes, medical professionals, just concerned common sense Americans, um, they need to know about these things uh, because that's how we find our voice is when we're fed up. Uh, when we say enough is enough, we roll up our sleeves and say no. Um, so it's important to stay up to date on the different things going on. Um, so you can expect some more of these videos. Um, super excited to continue the college tour the rest of this week again. Um, finishing up today at Texas A&M, tomorrow at Radford University, spoke at Princeton yesterday, which for an Ivy League uh, actually went surprising, surprisingly well. Um, lots of their athletes were there um, who compete uh, for University of Princeton. So super cool stuff going on. Um, I thank you all for tuning in. Uh, make sure you download, uh, subscribe anywhere where you get your podcasts. Um, Apple, Spotify, make sure you go to outkick.com to check out the podcast. Thank you guys very much for tuning in and I will see you next week. <laughs>